0: are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 22nd of February. We'll take a look at last night's action. It tells us something right out of the shoot of what to expect in the Western Conference playoff push. Then the Oklahoma City Thunder are the foe, and the three things... Two players, and one item that needs to take place for the Jazz to have a great post All Star break. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! It is Locked on Jazz. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. NBA, Jazz NBA Insider, bringing you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. You can get it by getting in your car and just telling your car, your smart device to play podcast Locked on Jazz. Use the keyword, and just say, play podcast Locked on Jazz when so you get in the car. Also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. How are you? Thanks for tuning in. Coming to you from Oklahoma City. Interesting little note about this team. Uh, I'm at dinner last night in a steakhouse in Oklahoma City, and promptly about 11 of the guys walk in. Uh, So you have a group that actually spent, many of them spent All-Star break together. Uh, I think going to the Bahamas or something of the sort. A, a, a huge group of them went together. Um, and then I think Joe went to Arizona, which was a little something else. And Kyle went to Santa Barbara, has a place there. Um, but generally the group, almost stayed together. And then last night the group went out for dinner. The It's just really cool to see the togetherness that they have. And it's why if they can get rolling at some point with this schedule in this that they, when they win 4 or 5 or 6 in a row, they actually get like an internal momentum and belief that might be a little better than they actually are. I think that's kind of a key, vital thing to them. All right, let's take a look at last night's action. We'll do this on the playoff push every night and then register it and keep an eye on it. And some things happened last night that were interesting. So Portland, we talked about this on the schedule breakdown show. They only have two certain wins. They have nine should wins, and they have eight pick'em's. And how they do in the pick'ems is going to tell you how their season plays. They won their first one last night. So they had a 57% win probability in Brooklyn last night, and they pulled off the win. That's a a big win for them. If they can go get five or six of those pick'ems, they have a real chance for home court. Houston played the Lakers last night. The Lakers, as we talked about when we did this projection system, to me seemed greatly undervalued. They would played so many games without LeBron. Their point differential was poor that the 538 has them undervalued because of LeBron. And we saw that last night where the Lakers came in at a 39 win percentage and LeBron takes over in the fourth quarter and wins the game for them. The Rockets lose a 61 percent game, so let's look at that from a Rockets standpoint. The Rockets, who were projecting as a home court team, uh, has eight should win games. We probably projected them to win seven of the eight, and they just dropped one right away. Uh, they have a vi- not very difficult schedule. They play nine certain wins. Certain wins are games where the win probability is between 80 and 100. Should wins are between 60 and 80%, but they, they kind of win at about a 75% rate. So they have 17 of those games. And then they have eight game, three pick-ems, four, 20% to 40% win probability, and one no-chancer. So for the Rockets to lose that early game there, that's a little surprising. And again, as I said, we probably had them winning seven of those eight. The... Lakers, that's a great win. Put that in the green category for the Lakers. They play, and I, as I said when we did the Laker projections, I felt like they were underestimated. The Lakers play eight should-win games. I think they'll probably win all eight if LeBron's healthy. Eight pick'em games. They very well may get six of those eight, and then unlikeliness if they were to, and then no ch- four no chancers. They get one unlikely last night. If they're able to get another, so let's assume that for a second. Then they have one certain win. Let's say they get seven of the eight should wins. That's eight. Let's say they get six of the eight pick'ems. That's high, but that's 14. And 16 wins. That gets, that's how we have them at 44. And so the question is going to be whether or not the Clippers are still good and the Clippers are still playing. That, that's really the piece of information we don't know. Golden State beat the Sacramento Kings 125-123 last night. That was a 7% win probability for Sacramento last night, and they lost by two. It is one of eight games they play that are in the no-chance category. They dropped the first one. So the big story yesterday was the Lakers grabbing one they weren't supposed expected to get. And Portland winning another a 50-50 game. They have eight of those. We'll see what they're able to do. Tonight? Denver plays in Dallas. Denver has a 61% win probability. Oklahoma City's got a 65% win probability against the Jazz. San Antonio's in Toronto with only an 18% win probability. Clippers are expected to lose against the Grizzlies. This is a big one for the Clippers because they play the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Kings coming up all fairly unlikely. This is a big game for the Clippers tonight uh, to see whether or not they can actually get themselves to 45 wins. It is going to be really hard for the Lakers to get to 45 wins. That's where as as much as Le- we know LeBron is going to kick in and do what LeBron does. And last night on a on a really an epic run to close the game last night, uh, when he checked back in late and when he just when they were down 17 and will their way back against the Rockets uh one eleven one oh six. Uh they win it outscoring the Rockets twenty eight to sixteen in the fourth. And some disturbing things I think if you're the Rockets, you got twenty three ten and nine out of Chris Paul last night with eleven days off. That's what he looks like. And they didn't win. Harden had thirty. LeBron, with 11 days off, had 29 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. It looked pretty awesome. And Brandon Ingram had 27 points, 13. And Reggie Bullock is a great addition. Very subtle, quiet move at the trade deadline by the Lakers. But they got better with the addition of Reggie Bullock. Portland got better, by the way. The Nurk and Turk team. That's what they're calling Yusuf Nurkic and Ennis Kanter. The Nurk and the Turk They combined last night for 45 points and 21 rebounds. Rodney Hood played 19 minutes, was minus 18. That was not a good Rodney Hood night. Evan Turner played just eight minutes last night. So the impact of Portland is they basically have taken Zach Collins and Myers Leonard out of their rotation and put Ennis Cantor in. And they have taken Evan Turner out of their rotation. Which is pretty interesting. Worth keeping an eye on. Portland, or Brooklyn, one of the guys on our staff was telling me has just this brutal, brutal schedule uh, coming up that's worth keeping an eye on. We're not t- paying a lot of attention to the Eastern Conference, but last night Milwaukee held on to beat Boston 98-97. Hayward didn't play with a sprained ankle. That hurt Boston. Uh, Olegé played some of those minutes, was minus 11. Uh, so they, I think they were missing that. It's interesting to watch these games right out of the shoot. Everyone's fresh. Uh, everyone's got all their legs uh, Philadelphia got 23 from Tobias Harris and beads not playing. So Boban started for them. Uh, their bench is limited. So anyway, that was the the night last night. We'll take a look at uh, three things that I think have to go right for the Utah jazz in the second half of this season uh, for them to hit the spots uh, that we want them to hit. Today's show brought to you by my friends at Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, so many things to tell you about the great stuff going on at Murdoch and the uh, love your love the month um, excitement that's taking place in February. They had a great Presidents' Day sale. Obviously, if you if you missed out on it, then uh, no need for me to tell you about it. But here's what they still have going on for you uh, in the month of February. Uh, the Elantra is only thirteen nine ninety. The Kona, which is the small zippy SUV, cool colors looks great. Supercar for your single, uh, $259 a month. It was named the North American Utility Vehicle of the Year. Anytime you buy a Hyundai, it comes with America's Best 10-Year, 100,000-mile powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. And as always, you buy with no regrets. You get the five-day exchange policy and the car washes for life that are the signature of the 90 years of the Murdochs working with uh, the state of Utah and now with Hyundai. If you don't know the Hyundai brand, let me strongly suggest this. If you're looking for a car, include Hyundai in the search. doesn't mean you to buy a Hyundai. You may not like it. You may not like the body form. You might like, there might be something you like better. That's fine. But you're being a bit negligent if you don't take the time to look into what Hyundai has to offer and what they, what they can get you for your dollar. It's really pretty incredible. Now let's get a word from my good friend Spencer Nelson and what he's doing over at Iron Gate Global Advisors. I'd like to introduce you to Iron Gate Global Advisors, financial group out of Salt Lake City. I found out about them from Spencer Nelson, former Utah State Aggie, great basketball player. And beyond his jump shot, he's got an MBA. He's worked in private equity. He's got experience working in Wall Street, accounting and financing degrees. And he's now working with Iron Gate Financial. And here's why. As I evaluated my options and looked at different firms, it became clear to me that the real question I needed to ask was, who would I trust managing my portfolio? And as I got to know Brett and I got to know Brian, I was able to see how they differentiate themselves from so many other wealth management firms and the real value that they create. And it was clear to me that I wanted to work with them. Brian's a long-term financial expert Brand who's been in the business forever, has got an options background. They have a strategy, a direction, and a process. And most importantly, as a small firm, they understand your journey. If you'd like to find out more about Iron Gate, give Spencer a call at 888-591-0334. That's 888-591-0334. Or email him at spencer at igga.com. Anytime we're talking investing. Understand that past performance isn't indicative of future results. Also, options may not be for everyone. They have different risks. Make sure you consult a professional before doing anything with them. Do your due diligence. All right, three things that I think have to happen. We've talked about a lot of them. There's not a lot of new stuff here uh, to talk about. For the Utah Jazz to have the second half of the season, the easy and most obvious is they need to have great point guard play if they can, uh, last year, Ricky post-All-Star break was so great. Post-All-Star break last year, Ricky shoots 44% from the field, 41% from three. He averages 15 points and five rebounds and six assists, and he's a threat. The Jazz were plus 10 uh, when he was on the floor. That That's truly, you know, what they probably need this year as well. Um Right now, Ricky's played in games. The 50 games that Ricky's played were 25 and 25. In wins, he shoots 43%. In losses, he shoots 38. In 33 and 31% from three, it's not as big a difference as you might suspect. He's got about a turno- half a turnover or more in games where he doesn't, uh, where the Jazz don't win. And he's got to play well at home. That's really the thing. Ricky at home shoots 37% from the field and 30% from 3. On the road, he's shoots 6 percentage points better and 4 percentage points better from 3. This is actually I don't think I don't think this is new. This happened last year too. Last year he was 5 percentage points better on the road and 12 percentage points better from 3 on the road. So Whatever that reason is, as much as anything, it's Ricky being solid and comfortable and playing well at home for the Utah Jazz. And then the other one on Ricky, and this is hard, I talked about this a little bit the other day, I I think is playing well against good opponents. Um, You know, I don't know if I really expect him to play particularly great against tonight. I mean, Russ is just so much. But... He uh, and maybe actually maybe I should flip this the other way. What he has done well recently is he's dominated the lesser opponents, and maybe that's actually equally, if not more important. Maybe I'm phrasing it wrong. That the important one is that when he does play a Bryden Forbes or he does play an Ellie Okubo, that he's dramatically those nine years of nine years of of experience better than those players. I think that might be a better way to say it. You know what? He's not going to become better than Russ. He's not going to become better than Steph. He's not going to become better than Chris Paul tomorrow. But he's got to be in the middle of the pack at the point in which he absolutely is better than uh, the other guys that he faces. Here's the second guy, and this one's really interesting to me because I don't know exactly what causes this to happen. So when Joe Ingles shoots, for, in wins, Joe Ingles shoots 48% and in losses, he shoots 38%. Uh, in wins, he shoots 40% from three and in losses, he shoots 32% from three. Interestingly, in wins, he shoots 83% from the free throw line and in losses, he shoots 57% for the free throw line. Weird. He takes the same amount of shots. He plays the same amount of minutes. Well, actually plays a few more in losses because we're probably grinding him because we need him. What's interesting about Joe, and we talked about a little bit this week, is that if you dig into Joe a little bit, two things are clear. One is he's had months where he kind of has this type of slump before, and it's not that unusual. And two, when he's been on the floor without Donovan, without Ricky, or without Neto, so he's really playing the point guard, he shoots 38% from the field and 25% from three. So as much as we love him playing the point guard with Derek Favors, it hurts Joe. So in the minutes when Joe's not at the point guard, he's shooting 45% from the field and 39% from three, which is really right at all of his career numbers. He's a much better home three-point shooter than a road three-point shooter, so let's hope that equalizes. But... It's interesting that when he is playing without Ricky or Donovan, he's just six of 26 from three. And only four of those 26 threes are corner threes. So when he's not on the floor with Ricky and he's not on the floor with Donovan, he's probably got the ball in his hands. He's four of 22 on above the break threes in those minutes. There's a difference between what's good for Joe and what's good for the team, right? The other one is that when Joe's on the floor with Kyle Korver, he probably has the ball in his hands. Kyle's now spotting up to his spots. Joe's shooting 37% from the field, 26% from three when he's on the floor with Kyle Korver. Only, the Jazz have only played 51 minutes all year with Rubio, Korver, and Ingles. And in those, he shoots well. So when Joe's on the floor with just Derek. He doesn't shoot as well because of the fact that I think he has the ball in his hands. So to get Joe going, I actually think it's going to fall on Neto or Dante or somebody else on this roster to be able to somehow start having good quality minutes as the secondary ball handler. Maybe it's Donovan and Ricky. Maybe it's Donovan and Ricky and Neto. And relieve Joe from that burden a little bit. The Joe Ingles, Derek Favors pick and roll is certainly still a good one for the team and not something we should abandon. But there is a direct correlation between the amount of time Joe Ingles is playing with the ball and the impact that it's having on his shooting. So, I think that's something to keep a little bit of an eye on, and that would be, we, I think we need more out of Joe, but to do it, I think it's going to happen the other way. By the way, our best pick and roll combinations, Donovan and Rudy are at .95 points per pick. Rubio and Favors are at 1.0 points per pick. Actually, Rubio and Crowder are a little better, which we don't run a great deal, but we do a little bit. Ingles and Favors is at point nine seven. Ingles and is going go Bears at point nine eight. Dante actually has some of the best numbers with faves, which might open up Joe when Dante can come back. By the way, for those who are wondering, you know a little bit on the whole, is Donovan a point guard yet? Points per pick and roll, Dante one point oh five, Rubio .999. Ingles point nine five. Donovan, .897. The only one who's not over .9. The other item that we've just belabored and over-talked about, but it's, I mean, we're going to talk about what's important, we've got to find a way to score with our starting lineup. We just can't struggle to score to open every single first and third quarter. Um, that is, and I don't know how that changes or what happens here. Defensively, the group is amazing. And if we could just get any little offensive uptick, it would really, really matter. We'll look at the Thunder, a little change in Russ and what makes them so great when we continue. The real estate market has been altered, changed, revolutionized. Disrupted? What term would you like to use by Homie? And it's good for you because if you're looking in the market for a new house or you're selling your house, you know what you don't need to do anymore. You don't need to necessarily play six percent. Learn more about Homie from my friends by texting Lock to eight eight five eight eight. That's Lock at eight eight. 588. What you're going to find out is that there's a whole team of people that will work for you at Homie. They'll set a set fee by which you will end up getting your house, then, or getting, or, sorry, getting your house listed. And then when you sell the house, it's just $1,500. And Homie has done some amazing things. They save you a ton of money, they sell homes faster. And they sell homes at 99.3% of the listing price. If you actually kind of dig into this a little bit, what you're going to find out is that Homie is selling houses in 14 days, the rest of the market at 16. Homie's medium price is $35,000 higher than the market average in Utah. It's Homie. And again, go ahead and text Homie or text, don't text Homie, text the number I'm about to give you. Eight eight five eight eight, with the keyword lock. Learn more from my friends at Homie by texting name lock to eight eight five eight eight. That's lock to eight eight five eight eight. Find out how Homie is revolutionizing the real estate market and can help you out. The Thunder are really good. Now I said it yesterday. Give us eleven less games against above five hundred teams. We might be that good too. But you cannot dispute their fifteen and nine record against teams that are above, five, above 500. Uh, what they've always been great at with their talent level and their athleticism is beating inferior teams. And this year they're beating other teams. What's interesting to me is what's going on with Russ. Now, Paul George is just a world-class beast right now. But what's going on with Russ, to me jumps out a little bit and is worth talking about. So he's having his worst shooting year by far, shooting forty-one percent from the field, twenty-five percent from three. Uh, he's having one of the his three his free throw shooting has dropped from eighty-five to seventy-four to sixty-six percent in three seasons. His offensive rebounding numbers are down. There's actually very clear, open signs that a 30-year-old Russell Westbrook with three knee surgeries may have lost something. And what's interesting is in some ways I'm not sure if he's not playing better. He's taking four less shots in wins than he does in losses. He takes three less threes in wins than he does in losses. And... I think it's begun to click into him. He's deferred and allowed Paul George to play in a manner that Paul George has has not gotten to do, and then without... And Paul George is now doing it with somebody, you know, next to him that is a star. In February, Russell only took 18 shots a game. He took 21 in January. Like, there's a very, to me... There's a very clear lack of shooting taking place by Russell Westbrook. First 10 games of the year, he took 20 shots a game. Then he went to 18. Then he went to 21. Then he went to 21. In the last nine games, he's only taken 18 shots a game. In that time period, his assists have jumped from 10 a game to 13. And his rebounds are up as well. His turnovers are up, but I don't care about that. His steals, which were at two or three a game in the last 20 games, are down to 1.5. And the Thunder defense is nowhere near as good as it once was earlier this year. So that's one that's worth keeping an eye on. The Thunder defense has slipped. 14th in the league in the last 10 games, 22nd in the league, In the last 20 games. I don't think we're seeing that tonight. Because. He is. 11 days fresh. And ready to go. 13th ranked offense. 3rd ranked defense overall. 18th best team in the half court. We're actually a better half court offense than they are. But they play the second fewest amount of possessions. In the half court of anyone in the league. So if you can get them into half-court possessions, you've got a better chance. They're not a particularly good shooting team. In fact, we shoot it better than they do. They're fifth-best offensive rebounding team. We're the, sec- we're the best defensive rebounding team. They don't actually, and this is what's interesting about Russ's steals, is they don't actually defend the shot great. They're 15th in the league against the shot, but they're number one in the league at forcing turnovers. So if they don't get their steals, then they don't get out and run, then they struggle. Or at least that's the script. Now, again, I don't think that happens tonight. Not that I don't think we could win, but they're fresh tonight. Right? So they're flying all over the place with their amazing length. They are over-shifting defensively in a way that if you haven't played in a little while and you're not sharp it's hard to react to. It's not a great script for us tonight. So that one's worth keeping on. They get two more steals a game in wins than they do in losses. That that fuels them. And they shoot 39% from three in wins and 30% from three in losses. That That's what what's worsen. Live ball turnovers usually spark them. We'll see if we can avoid it. That is Locked on Jazz. Thanks to Murdoch Hyundai and to Homie. Have a good weekend. Dallas game on Saturday. Back at home, Luka Doncic will talk to you on Monday. Plus, postcasts will return as well. It is Locked on Jazz.